Welcome to this Law at Work coronavirus special on Law at Work Radio, minding your business in this time of crisis. Good day to everyone and I hope everyone is keeping safe and well. I'm Stephanie Robinson and this is a series of podcasts to give our clients some information and guidance at this uncertain time. This morning I'm joined by Matthew Ramsey, Health and Safety Manager at Law at Work. Good morning Matthew. Hi Steph, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. It would be great to get an overview of your skills and experience in the health and safety world to give our listeners a bit of an overview of your positioning. Yeah, sure, no problem at all. Well, good afternoon everybody. Um, as Steph said, my name is Matthew. Um, I work for Laura at Work as a health and safety manager and have done for the past four years. Um, my role is to come out and visit clients, um, to carry out inspections of their sites, carry out training, do fire risk assessments, do some um, accident investigation as and when required, and just to give general advice and help with health and safety. Um, prior to working with Laura at Work, I was with the health and safety executive for 16 years, um, the last eight of which I was a regulatory inspector. Um, so I do have a particular take on health and safety, so I can give advice on any enforcement action that's taken um, should it happen to any of our clients. Um, but for me, it's most about education and debunking myths regarding health and safety and making it simple and suitable for each business and just to take some of the, the heavy lifting out of it, making it you know, approachable to everybody, really. That's my role. Great, thank you. Well, as you can imagine, we have received a lot of questions around the COVID-19, yeah. uh, safety implications, how to get businesses up and running, what, what to do, how they get their employees back into the workplace. So if you don't mind, I'm going to do a quick fire round with you to attempt to cover as much as we can. Yeah, absolutely fine. Great. So first questions. Um, businesses are required to do various safety regs and fire prevention legislation, statutory inspections, etc. Um, is there a reported difficulty in arranging visits down to lock due to the lockdown? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's been recognised by enforcement authorities like the HSC that at this time, you know, getting a visit booked by a competent person to come in to say, look at your lifting equipment may not happen on its usual schedule. Um, and they accept this, that it might not hit the 12 month or 14 month mark. Um, however, what they do say is that you should at least try. So, you know, make the overtones to the competent person saying can we get you booked in record that you've done that okay to show you've made that effort um but what we'd also like you to do is you know check your previous maintenance records and test certificates to make sure everything's okay and where you can also carry out ongoing maintenance as well you know regular checks that make sure everything's in place until that point where you can actually arrange a competent person to come in and carry out those checks for that type of machinery or equipment um, so with regards to fire, um, what I'd say is, you know, your equipment has been tested previously. It's not suddenly going to break and let you down. Um, but again, keep requesting the visits and get them arranged as soon as possible. Okay. So business as normal, just record the effort you're making to get those visits arranged would be my advice. God loves a trier. So it's all Absolutely. about just maintaining the, the ongoing attempts that you would normally do uh, at this time to show that you're make, making meaningful um, risk and health um, efforts. Yes, as always, it's just about providing that evidence if it's requested. Great. Okay, so um, obviously the next question that keeps coming up is what's your advice for employers in terms of reopening any 
uh, any building that they have and getting staff back into that workplace. Okay, so yeah, this is um, very salient to the moment and uh, given what's going on and people are now starting to think about reopening their businesses but before we can actually you know get people back in situ um employers need to think about carrying a pre-opening like audit risk assessment or have a, che a checklist in place to make sure you can maintain things like social distancing um but also to make sure the building is up and ready for occupation again so you know we're talking about things like you know water contamination or flushing through water systems um so there's some work to do before um you let people back into the building basically ah, so that sounds like a helpful checklist is is it something that listeners can can get their hands on and, that, and our clients can get their hands oh, on? oh ab ab absolutely yeah so we've been working hard to put together these checklists and you know, like general risk assessments um and if anybody's interested in getting their hands on those then by all means they can get in contact with us through our general email box which is the hands um, at lawatwork.co.uk and that's spelt h-a-n-d-s at law which is l-a-w-a-t-w-o-r-k dot co dot uk and just send in a, a request for that we'll happily send it out to you great okay so that's a great tool for our listeners um i suppose i'm going into a bit of a controversial area now matthew um Ooh, okay. would you like to comment on the advice we're hearing uh, from different governing bodies in the uk related to wearing face protection for people traveling to work or even in the workplace i'm a bit confused myself so i'm pretty sure everybody else might be yes it's almost changing on a day-to-day week-to-week basis isn't it steph um but well, I'd say yes, it's an interesting development. So the advice we give is, you know, we look at various different organizations. One of the main ones is the World Health Organization, who on the 6th of April um, issued a paper discussing face masks in relation to COVID-19. Um, firstly, they said that you know, wearing a medical mask is one of the prevention methods that can be limited um, certain respiratory viral diseases. Secondly, there's limited evidence that wearing a medical mask by healthy individuals is actually a preventative measure. And thirdly, um, the mask itself should be made with a number of layers of fabric, be it water repellent, shaped to fit the face properly, and of course, being able to breathe whilst wearing it. Um, whilst I understand people seeing advice about wearing masks and touching them or shopping or, or taking them off and on their face, um, we're saying these you know they're actually bad habits because we don't want to be touching the mask and contaminating because it's not just about breathing stuff in it's also about what we get on our hands too so hand hygiene is kind of crucial in all of this um so if you are wearing a mask if you decide to wear a mask leave it alone until you're actually taking it off replace it with a new one and then either dispose or wash the one wash the one you've actually got just been wearing um yeah so who said yes they're good in certain situations but they may not prevent it then we've got certain um governments within the uk that are suggesting or advising to wear it on public transport as well and that's a very much a personal choice okay which i think gets us on to the next stage really yeah so um in a hr capacity we get lots of questions about traveling to work and and is the employer responsible for costs of, of traveling to work etc however in this instance who would be responsible for buying face masks or other ppe for employees to specifically travel to work would that be the employee or the employer well as with all things we do have a set of regulations of ppe um, i know you'll be surprised at that Steph. Mm -hmm. um but 
so PPE or provision of PPE in this case, like face masks or gloves, etc., um, only applies to people at work and commuting does not come under an at work situation. Um, so you may take the, the, the stance that well, it's down to the employees who are commuting in to provide their own PEP. But on the other hand, you know, maybe the right thing to do for employers would be to extend the provision of PEP to those that are taking the decision to commute into their office or place of work. Because um, what we can't avoid potentially is, is public transport um, or, you know, not being able to maintain that two meter social distance. So that's when I think, you know, people might feel safer in themselves to wear face masks or PPE. So I think it is down to the employer whether they decide to extend that set of regulations as as it were to provide face mask and PPE to staff that are traveling into the office. But that's my opinion. Okay, thank you for that. That was helpful. Um, and this is one of the largest uh, questions we've been getting in, in from mm. our clients. Um, and I've personally heard that the kind of medical officer and trade union reps are making comment mm. about the legal expectations about completing risk assessments before um, you know, people come back to work after the lockdown. And we're, mm -hmm. we're as we are today, um, depending on which region of the, the UK you're in, you're either still in lockdown or you're now in the alert status, shall we call it. So yeah. we're starting to make inroads to potentially thinking of you to coming back to work. So what do the employers need to think about? Okay, well, this ties quite nicely in with the, uh, the previous question about, you know, checklists and stuff like that. Um, so I've mentioned about doing um, risk assessments for reopening. And I think um, at this moment in time, it's absolutely crucial that employers do carry out a risk assessment relating to reopening of their premises in relation to coronavirus or COVID-19 um, to show that they've considered um, mm -hmm. what they need to do to put in place in their offices or their premises to, to follow government guidance to maintain two meter distance where possible. Basically having a walk through their property to see you know, what kind of like um, routes there are for staff to walk around or access to toilets or access to kitchens and stuff like that, how many touch points you've got and try to reduce those. So it was going to involve an actual you know, physical walk around the building to go and to think on your feet and try to put in processes um, that will reduce contact and reduce close proximity of employees. Um, it may lead to the fact that you can't have a full building anymore. You may have to have, you know, staggered lunch breaks, lunch breaks or staggered um, start times um, or just reduce numbers of staff. I think what we have learned during um, this period is that homeworking is a viable option now. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. maybe you don't need as many people in the workplace anymore, but basically underpinning this is yes you can have to carry out a risk assessment and obviously we're more than happy to help you do that because we've had a large number of clients get in contact with us over the past couple of weeks asking about how they do this and do we have a form which i'm glad to say we do and again i'll refer you to my earlier answer about getting in contact with us on our hands email address great okay so you it sounds like to me you've done a few industry covid risk assessments yes yes quite a few <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and um, do you care to mention a couple of sectors that you're involved with today? Um, yeah, so some some of them are you know electrical retailers, some of them in the care industry as well, um, some of them in retail, um, all sorts. Like I said, we do all sorts of clients at the moment. Um, some are in the voluntary sector, 
Um, yeah, so each of them are slightly different. Mm. Um, and some of them are to do with logistics as well. So they're out and about a lot. So a lot of drivers, warehousing, that kind of stuff, um, food. I've also been dealing with taxi operators. So obviously they have a lot of contact with members of the public. Sure. Um, so they have to go through quite a step-by-step -step process as well. Um, so yeah, and, and some restaurants too. So, you know, people are starting to get geared up, ready to hopefully open again soon. Um, so it's quite heartening that they're getting in contact. So, you know, I'd, I'd say that to anybody that's listening that, you know, if they've got any questions, please do get in contact, just have a chat if anything. You know, there's no yeah. such thing as a stupid question in my book, you know? <laughs> Yeah, me too. I like that philosophy. Um, is there anything interesting that you've 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 noted in these risk assessment exercises that you'd like to share? You know, anything quite particular? Yeah. Um, again, it's all about information and education, really. And a lot of people talk about, um, you know, hand sanitizers and you know diluted sanitizer sprays and stuff like that. Bacterial wipes. Um, I had one question last week about you know what some quite a large company was saying though should they use these kind of, kind of bacterial sprays and she said and i said they quite questioned whether you know bacterial sprays would kill antibacterial sprays would kill viruses and, and no they won't because covid19 is a virus um so always be careful about you know getting marketing material from various companies saying you know it kills like 99% of all you know, bacteria. That's not what you need. What you need is something like a disinfectant with a, what we call a kill time on it, which will tell you how long it needs to be sat on a surface for once applied to actually kind of break down the molecular bond of the virus that holds it onto the surface, which there's, I say, if it's got a kill time of three minutes, you spray it, you leave it for three minutes, and then you can dry wipe it down and that'll take the virus off. But if you do it within that three minutes, the likelihood is that virus will still stay attached to that surface. So again, it's just about education and making sure that you've got a detergent spray um, that will do the job in a reasonable amount of time. Because if you've got something that's got a kill time of like six to 10 minutes, I don't think you're gonna get people hanging around for that amount of time to come back and wipe it. So um, yeah something with a decent kill time some you know some you that can get is fascinating something i didn't know actually you know as, as a mm -hmm. mother i'm constantly spraying with oh, the know, surfaces even more now um and to know that little nugget and you know just checking about a kill time shows mm. you the marketeers out there <laughs> oh i know i know i know absolutely but i mean just to reiterate my point make sure do a thorough check on any of the promotional material that's sent through to you because i have seen a couple in the past week that you know, allude to be able to do something they can't, you know, or give the impression that they can. So just be wary. But again, always happy to review any documents that are sent through if you want a second okay. opinion. Yes, it's the key. So the bacteria does not, a bacterial antibac does not kill yes. a virus. Now that makes sense right. when you, you can compare and contrast it to the advice on antibiotics. But um, yeah, yes. great. Well, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed chatting to you today, Matthew. Thank you. It's been really insightful. Is there anything, any last words you'd like to, to leave our, our listeners with? Um, I said, well, just keep up to date. Keep following the guidance, okay? Because, you know, it's a bit of a movable feast at the moment, but we will keep you updated as best we can. Um, and hopefully we'll do another update podcast in the near future. We will indeed. Thank you very much for your time, Matthew. And if you've got any other queries or questions, please get in touch or have a look at our Law at Work website, which is Law at Work 
www.ncmi.co.uk um, forward slash coronavirus where you'll get some advice and guidance and uh, as Matthew has um, articulated earlier you can contact the health and safety team at hand at law at thanks for listening